Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello! Everybody and welcome to the Football Ramble World Cup specials in association with history. We've got five of these World Cup specials. We started way back in 1990 with Cameroon's incredible defeat of world champions Argentina and we'll be finishing with a look at that time a 23-year-old David Beckham was sent off for that little kick out at Diego Simeone in 1998. These five World Cup specials are brought to you by History who, in celebration of the World Cup, are broadcasting 24-7 football documentaries for two weeks starting on the 28th of May, Monday the 28th of May. You can watch history on Sky, Virgin, BT or Talk Talk. Gentlemen, this time we have the great Ronaldo's performance during the 1998 World Cup final. Controversy. A man befitting of that music, of that mm. epic music <laughs> yes. at the start. If you, if you could imagine Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo, picking up the ball inside his own half and driving towards a goal. If that music's playing in the background, I imagine that's the music that's playing in his head. No, that's yeah. how the music came about. The, sort of the, the Earth's core and atmosphere just suddenly burst into that yeah, sound yeah. as he charged yeah. through another poor defender. And, and that is what he did. Jorge Valdano, the uh, sort of Real Madrid legend, said of Ronaldo, he's not a man, he's a herd. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of what a great kind start was how yeah. he played. Do you know what? He was That's... quite simply a great Man United player. Have I researched <laughs> the wrong player? Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> that is such a great quote. Yes, he's not a man, he's a and, herd. And it's really important, I think. And it's, 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 it's an excellent quote, and it, there's a lot of truth in it. Not because he was more than one man, but because <laughs> I think it's really important when we talk about. Um, the actual incident, which was very controversial and actually uh, obviously a negative aspect to, to the great man's career. We should absolutely start, though, by talking about the type of player he was and, and what he um, and what he was able to do as a player. I mean, because if you were creating a football player in a lab, mm-hmm. I mean, we were talking about this before we came on. Marcus said that, you know, for him, he was, and I'm sure I'll come on to it, it was the first proper modern footballer and everything you see since probably stems from him. Almost like a, a thoroughbred racehorse, but they can all be yeah. traced back, mm. you know. Um, Chris, Cristiano, uh, sorry, Ronaldo, that's you putting that in my head. <laughs> uh, Ronaldo was Point a guy who, who, who <sighs> he was the ultimate iron fist in the velvet glove. I mean, uh-huh. he, he could, yeah. he had the power ridiculous power, the strength, pace. the pace. And he was, for a man so big, and if we're going to talk about um, Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi being the greatest players of all time, which we regularly do, in terms of physicality, they're nowhere near. No. R- Ronaldo was by far a bigger physical presence than both of them. And the skill the man well, possessed. Well, that, and the skill it, for a man so big. I know we have a joke about good touch for a big man and mm. all that, but the skill he possessed in a frame so strong and powerful was something to behold. That is it. People that haven't actually seen much of Ronaldo um, play... Uh, would look at his record and look at the size of him, even in the pictures, and probably assume he was a bit of a bully, bit of a sort of almost like a sort of flat track bully. But there was so much more to him than that. He, his feet, like he would, he would do that sort of like 
that step over thing where he would do it at yeah. such pace that, that you'd have defenders falling over and he was known for his fainting as well yeah like which which is a like such a specific thing to do so often that you become become known for it he had just absolutely everything the drop in his of the shoulder yeah, the, 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 the skill that he produ- produced on the pitch in big games you know i can remember in the uefa cup final for inter i think they played lazio they won 3-0 and some of the footwork in that game it's just it's f- mm. phenomenal which is of course his nickname in uh, in italy and, and and you know we and rightly so marvel at the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo and so on. But this man, for me, when and Ronaldinho obviously came slightly after him. This man was the one who took the game to that next level. Absolutely, well, Marcus. Sorry, Pete, I was just going to say, Marcus, give us a line for for people listening who maybe aren't perhaps old enough to have seen him in his pomp. Describe the type of forward he was. <sighs> Blimey. I absolutely mean, complete. Yeah, he, he could do other. absolutely everything. There's not a modern comparison, is there? Frightening, is yeah. what I would yeah. say, <laughs> if you're a defender. He, the, the love I had for George Weir... Like yeah, I, I saw, well he's the complete he's he's the greatest. Well, he would be he's the greatest. Forward. He, very like quite similar. Yeah, very very strong. Yeah, yeah. Scored similar amazing like kind of take round templates yeah. and, and and slight arms kind of goals. But then Ronaldo came and I was like. God, like, how do you even <laughs> stop him? Like, how do you even? Well, like, that's it. You can't stop him physically. He's got the quickest feet in the in the world, yep. and he can finish in, in through the tightest angles. So, like, name a better striker than yeah. well, I, I, I completely agree generation. with you. Pete. What if you were an opposition manager? <laughs> what would you say to stop him? <laughs> you can However, only double up. You can only double up. That's all you can do. Well, absolutely. I, I, I think I would go as far as to say, and because I think Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi are different players, obviously. I would say, I've written in my notes, look, I think he was the perfect combination of strength, skill, speed and technique. There's no, There was no weakness in his game. Um, and I think, he, quite simply, the best forward I've ever seen. Easily. And, and he could score every type of goal. He could pick the ball up in his own half and go around a lot of mm. players like Pete said and score. He could pop up with a near post header, make a textbook run. He can. He, his feet were so quick that he could score those types of forward goals at the top level. They score with no backlift mm. at all. Um, his, his reactions were amazing. He was defensively very good in terms of holding the ball up. Good and temperament. Nice. Great temperament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played the game like it wasn't really that, that important to him. Yeah. Although, of course, we know it was. Um, yeah, quite simply the best forward I have ever seen, and no one's really in my mm. my experience. Of course, I haven't we, seen players who are older, but there, there, there's no one that comes close. We spoke about um, David Beckham uh, a, a couple of episodes ago, or last episode, I forget. But either way, we were. Um, I was sort of saying that great um, pass that he does for Real Madrid, mm-hmm. uh, just in front of, of Ronaldo. Like you put the ball in front of Ronaldo yeah. from you know ten yards, it's going in. It's going. There's just there's just <laughs> yeah. no option. And if you ever need an example of why he is loved as as one of one of the greatest players in in, in the game, uh, modern or otherwise, yeah. when Michael Owen uh, made a comment about his weight about a year ago when he was playing in like a charity match or something. The amount of abuse, my God. <laughs> Even though Twitter. Owen was right. Yeah. See? He's a man carrying a bit it, of timber. It doesn't but, matter. It doesn't but matter. Michael Owen is yeah. but a fly on that statue of, Absol- a, of Absol- a striker. Completely. And, 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 and not uncharacteristic misjudgment from my friend. Well, has Ronaldo <laughs> ever won the FA Cup? <laughs> no, but, you know, and, and this event, this, this you know, really interesting event um, that, that we're going to talk about here, and obviously we're going to the build up now. This happened in 98, of course. And you don't have to take our word for it of how good a player he was. Of course, you can go and watch the replays of his games. But going into the World Cup, he was 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And he already won the World Player of the Year twice. 96, 97. Yeah. Yeah. And, and won was, the Ballon d'Or in 97. He was also just off the back of a 34-goal debut season with Inter, which in Serie A 
it's not too shabby. And of course, yeah, we'd seen him have one of the greatest seasons, one of the most blisteringly good seasons at Barcelona Mm. in 96 to 97. And as you rightly say, Jimmy was at Inter. That season at Barcelona, it was... I mean, I don't know the words you've run out. Phenomenal. It was absolutely different class. Went to Inter and and, and scored a ton of goals as well. But the tournament featured a Brazil side that many a neutral thoroughly enjoyed as well. This is the thing. It felt like the sort of the good times were coming back to Brazil. And they were, if you go back to the summer of 98, they were absolutely massive in the build-up to this final, uh, to this, this tournament. The, the the deal they've they've done with Nike, um, which uh, maybe we'll touch on a bit later for for other reasons, where they just taps into this idea that everyone loves Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. And I can only speak on behalf of being in the UK at that time. But the build up to this tournament, it was Joga Benita, it was the the, the iconic Nike Samba advert. boys, and it all was, was mm-hmm. the um, Masquerade, yeah, this the signature yeah. boots that Ronaldo had, the R nine boots. Um, and, uh, and 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 the, just the players they had, Rivaldo, um, Ronaldo, Bebeto was in there. Danielson was hugely high. Dunga, yeah, Roberto yeah. Carlos, Leonardo. Roberto Carlos, of course, yeah. Dunga, Cafu as well. Taffarel in goal. Taffarel. Come on. It wasn't bad, was it? Yeah, I mean, it, they, they were such a likeable side. Now, this felt a little bit different to the, um, to the side in 94, of course. But just to go back... Well, not that we have to feel obliged to go back to Ronaldo. He's the main centrepiece, of course. Those those R9 boots that he had, the sort of fancy silver, blue, blue and the silver one, yeah. yellow sort of streak in there. This was perhaps the first time that we, we saw the individual player celebrated and lauded up in a way that seems sort of fairly commonplace now. We talk of, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo and, and, and Lionel Messi. To a lesser extent, someone like Paul Pogba and so on with, you know, clothing ranges or sort of boots and, and mm. so on. But yes, that Brazil side was 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 uh, was thoroughly enjoyed and, 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 and hyped up and so on. But the individual which is fairly commonplace at the top of the game now. Perhaps that was where we saw it first with with the great Ronaldo. And and, and I guess um, from our perspective here in uh, Britain, like w- they'd gone through the dark days of the eighties. Um, we'd had a strong showing in in ninety six. I think football was cool again. I think mm. in, I know what you mean. Respect. Yeah, it was defi- it definitely was. You know, the, the build up it to was, that. It was toxic in the eighties, like in the late eighties. Oh yeah, really no one wanted to like... touch it. But in ninety eight, mm. I mean, it might just be because I was a massive football fan anyway, but. Yeah, the summer comes around. We're going to experience that in a couple of weeks when the when the weather gets warmer and we're all looking forward to a big tournament. But then it felt like a big deal. I mean, mm. England had a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. Of course, they well, England playing, were back at the tournament. They were playing quite exciting football after missing out on the World Cup in '94. But Brazil were just the the most marketable team, and they were being marketed very well by well, Nike. That, that Nike advert when they're all in the airport. Yeah. I mean, iconic. If iconic. If you've not Absolutely. seen that that uh, advert, YouTube, you know the Brazil. You've been style. living under a rock if you've it, not it's seen that. Ju- it's it's so delightful. Mm. It's utterly delightful. Um, but they, they were different to the Brazil side of of '94, who were much more functional. Uh, and and some of the people in Brazil, I mean, I love this, how they can pick and choose which world champions teams that they like <laughs> that came from their country, but it wasn't a particularly popular side in terms of how they played back in Brazil. Um, my Dunga went mental. <laughs> indeed, he did, but he was back in 98. Now, to be honest, they probably hadn't had a bit of that samba spirit since 1982 with that, that great Brazil side there who failed to win the World Cup. So you have to go all the way back to 1970 for a side that played the game. Well, really... We defined that yeah, idea. Really. Indeed, indeed, absolutely. Well, the 19- 1970 team essentially, you know, defined basically with a closing chapter to a type of football that after that 
it was very difficult to play. 82, mm. they got close, but 98 was a kind of like, a hang on, here we go. But in 70, they were they were able to combine this perfect combination of effectiveness and beautiful football mm. that, that has sort of given way since then to this idea, and however small, but there is always a functional element to football yes. now. Mm. And I think I think Jonathan Wilson might speak it might be Jonathan Wilson who said quite quite um articulately that yeah, that was the that was the last time that this could this this mm. idea of boundless, enthusiastic, optimistic, skillful football would without any really f- any sort of fear for the function of it would ever be played. And it just so happened that Brazil was so good in nineteen seventy they were able to win it. Absolutely right. So with all those aforementioned players and, and Ronaldo up front, this team was expected to win the World Cup and win it with a bit of style. They were missing Romario, sadly. I think he was injured, uh, who was the, you know one of the heroes of, of, of nineteen ninety four. But they started their campaign against Scotland. Now, having said all that, a real test. They la- well, they laboured to a <laughs> yeah. win against Scotland, and actually, we said, you know, what does an opposition manager say? Well, Craigie Brun found a way to uh, keep don't out. Don't score Ronaldo. an own goal, Tommy Boy. Probably <laughs> 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 what he would have said. Very specifically, do not do that. Yeah. Well, it was funny because Brazil did the early running, and Cesar Sampaio, a player who kind of put his name on the international stage or, or made his name on the international stage, put Brazil one uh, nil up early, and then uh, Scotland did equalise. And I have to, I've said it before on the round, but I'll say it again that. that story Kevin Gallagher told me when I interviewed him that uh, this this sums up that Brazil side well before the kickoff uh, the, the, the kickoff was delayed because the um, the uh, opening ceremony ran over mm. so, they, so Scotland said right we're going to have to do shuttle runs up and down the corridor near the changing rooms and so on and he said there was a door a little window you could look through and see the other side and what could you see the Brazilians doing they're all just dancing away and Sam yeah. inside of it. recreating the advert almost. exactly <laughs> yeah. that's that's just how much confidence they had with each that other that advert in the airport was actually a documentary <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just happened to be filming it's when at the they time. turned up, yeah. Indeed, indeed. Couldn't do that nowadays. No. 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 <laughs> Not in an airport. Uh-huh. No. But it was the second game against Morocco where Ronaldo scored a lovely one after nine minutes, thumping the ball home. Rivaldo opened his account. There was another great player mm. who made his name uh, in an international sense, perhaps, at that tournament. I know he played for big clubs and so on, but slightly different even in the 90s. You know, not every household had the internet and so on and so forth. So really the world certainly uh, realised how good Rivaldo was. But they, they beat Morocco 3-0 and that's when they started. That's when they were playing with a lot of confidence. Beto scored. And in that game, Jim, you talked about the Ronaldo step over at such speed. There's a great example of that when he sets up, I think it is, um, Bebeto. And then in, 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 the, in the knockouts, they, they played a good Chile side that had uh, Marcelo Salas and Ivan Zamorano. Brushed them aside 4-1. Two great footballers. Two great forwards. Yeah. Chile were, I mean, they weren't quite as good as a team we saw in the World Cup or two ago, but they were decent enough. But it was a good... They beat England at Wembley, didn't they, Chile, around that time? They did, and they were unlucky not to be Italy in, in, in the group stages of course uh, Ronaldo got a brace uh, obviously and then it quarterfinals beat a good Denmark side I know that sounds it was slightly patronising but it was a decent Denmark side um, that was when Roberto Carlos tried that ridiculous overhead kick clearance they went straight to <laughs> Brian Laudrup who gobbled it up for 2-2 um, but, but they came through it uh, and then in the semi-finals they played I would argue one of the best Netherlands sides in recent years for my money uh, and, and the goal Ronaldo scored in that match was classic striker stuff. He saw the ball. He saw the ball was on. He made the run, held off the defender, Philip Koku, you, you know, experienced canny mm. player, slotted past the keeper. And in a more subtle way, it showed his power and pace in, 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 in that moment for me. Yeah, because uh, one of the things he was really good at was controlling the ball in a sprint. Yes. Um, like, oh, and with close control at a sprint, which is a very, Absolutely. very rare thing. And that was a perfect example of how he could use that sort of, that specific skill mm. in, a, in, a, in a flash. 
Definitely. Absolutely right, Jim. And they had to go through on penalties. Ronaldo took and scored Brazil's first yeah, in the shootout. Yeah. But, but they did, and they were in the final. And they'd been wonderful to watch throughout. And they'd been got to the final. And every, even when it went to penalties against the Dutch, everyone just thought, well, they'll get there. Yeah, you know? yeah it's, it's the Dutch. So, well, <laughs> they're, the, they're the only team comparative to England in terms of penalty shootouts. Are they? I think England are still uh, out on their own. Maybe on the worst, <laughs> but they're, they're second worst. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And then, of course, we come to the final, which we're going to talk about after this. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back to this World Cup special in association with history, where we're looking back at Ronaldo's performance in the 1998 World Cup final in France. And if you like chat about France World Cup 98, um, why not check out The Three Musketeers, a documentary film about Ronaldo, Zidane and David Beckham, uh, which is available Tuesday, 29th of May at 9pm on History. Absolutely. Now, they're in the final against hosts France. In some ways, pretty perfect final matchup. The, the, the tournament favourites against the hosts. Both had looked pretty impressive. I mean, the French looked good, even though they couldn't find a a decent sort of top draw striker. They had a yeah. bit of a problem in that department, but their yeah. defence was so airtight and the midfield was so <sighs> solid and creative. It didn't really seem to matter to them. The back much. four was, was, I mean, a, a vintage Frank Leboeuf, Marcel Dessay, one of the all-time greats, Lizarazu was a brilliant left-back, mm. and Lillian Taram, who was fantastic as well. Yeah. That is just different gear. With that Deschamps in front. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not getting... Well, and to, to back that up, in the whole tournament, they only conceded two goals, a Michael Laudrup penalty in the group stage, in which match they'd already gone through, and Davos Suka's goal for Croatia, who finished top scorer, of course, in the yeah. semi-final. A, a two goals that but conceded. The build-up to this, to this incident we're going to talk about now is that... It, it it came to everyone's attention. I, from what I remember, the kickoff was in the evening. It was the World Cup final kickoff right, was in yeah. the evening in Paris. It? Yeah, yeah. And so the team sheets come through, and the first everyone knows about it is that Ronaldo, the best player in the world, um, the the name on everyone's lips, the the player that you know, the type of player in that those days where even if you didn't like football, mm-hmm. you'd instantly know who he was. By far the biggest name in world football. He's not on the team sheet. And and the BBC particularly, who are covering it, they lose their mind, the BBC. Mm. Well, I think everybody did. Yeah. But well, they, I remember Motson particularly. Motson did. Well, but Motson was in the commentary box, of course. Uh, but there was no talk of Ronaldo being injured beforehand. This no. came out of the blue, mm. which is, of course... It was out the blue. What what if what, what certainly happened? Uh, the BBC studio they couldn't get over what was going on. They went to John Motson and he said he'd never witnessed anything like it in his career. And the scenes were, uh, I, I quote, absolute mayhem. Um, the, then, Bra- the Brazilian media were going mad. Obviously. Well, of course, yeah. because wh- why not? There was no reason for this. Edmundo sitting at home and watching in Brazil. Oh, <laughs> 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 going right then. Come on, welcome. Fun. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you probably already hate the team because they're not yeah. up to your standards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, someone. I would have. I would have loved to have. Uh, I would have loved a pundit to go. Well, for me, that makes sense. He's not done enough for me in this yeah. tournament. Yeah. <laughs> it might. It might be in the Alex Bayos book about Brazilian football, but it might be maybe Tim Vickery's work or something. Someone said around that time, looking back on it, they were in Brazil watching a, watching the game with a, an extended Brazilian family, and when the team sheet came out, it was like it said it was like a morgue. 
fact that mm. people just had no idea how to, how can this mm. be possible? They had no yeah. idea. To, and it wasn't a case of, you've got to remember, put it in context, it's 1998. People aren't Twitter searching Ronaldo's name and saying, oh, he looks like he might have picked up a knock in training. That's right. There's no, yeah. there's no, um, there was no talk information come yeah. out. Mm. It's, 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 it's the most, in that situation, at that time, in the context of the football we're talking about, that's the most unthinkable thing that could have happened. Well, we by talk, far. We, you know, we've spoken about Roberto Baggio and and when Baggio played in that World Cup final, people were aware that he was carrying a little bit of an That's injury. Right. Mm. So you were aware of, of, of a few bits and pieces. Not a word had been said on Ronaldo's uh, fitness or, or state of mind or, or otherwise. That's why it came out of the blue. And Edmundo was in the starting lineup as well, instead of him. Now, David Ginola said that, that after the game, you know, years on, he said that some people in France thought it maybe was a bit of mind games from the yeah. Brazilians. Mm, right. I can see why. I can yeah, see why. There was an awful yeah. lot of rumours uh, that as to what had happened, and I'm sure some of us have, have heard uh, a few. Now, Gary Lineker interviewed Ronaldo years later. Now, Ronaldo said he had a convulsion <laughs> after lunch at the Brazilian team hotel and was unconscious for three or four minutes. Mm. Out of the blue. And he, and he still says no one knows why. Mm, Absolutely yeah. no idea. No particular reason why he had this fit. Well, the custom was they would go for the, before a game, an evening game, they would go for lunch. And they would go back to their rooms. I think they shared in twos. They go back to their rooms, have a nap, and relax, whatever they want to do. Uh, Paul Gascoigne apparently was fond of uh, table tennis. tennis. No tennis. Yeah. tennis. Oh, yeah, tennis. Why do I always say table tennis? Because you because think no, it so can't be ridiculous. Yeah. You must yeah. edit it. Uh, but Paul Gascoigne obviously wasn't in the squad. Uh, <laughs> and, and and Ronaldo has this convulsive fit, and I think Cesar Sampaio helps him. Roberto Carlos is involved. Mm -hmm. They call the medics. And he has to go to hospital for a lot of tests. Well, and that's it. He's not one, playing. Like one of the one of the medics in tears, apparently. Like yeah. coming, coming out. Of well, they said oh, they actually deny that. Interestingly, right. there's a lot of sort of there's a lot of different sort of stories. Oh, mate, some of the conspiracy, some of the conspiracy well, theories are amazing. Like yeah. one uh, that it was some kind of uh, weird. Obviously, the, the night thing we'll, we'll probably yep. come on to. But then also there was a big kind of uh, betting thing and all of oh, like, oh, movement, oh, and, all, and 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 that Ronaldo was marking um, Zizou. And it's yeah. like if you're gonna do a conspiracy theory, don't like do it on one of the other greatest footballers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really hard to mark him anyway. Yeah, to that's be honest, right. yeah, that's right. And, and, and Ronaldo sort of said. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know who was supposed to be marking uh, Zizou, but um, he didn't do a job, good job. Away no, that's right, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Well, because, um, because I mean, so at this point, Ronaldo's had a, had a convulsion. <laughs> He's gone to hospital for tests. At that point, mm. clearly. Mario Zagallo, who isn't exactly a small name in Brazil himself, by the way, uh -huh. he's, he's big enough to make these decisions because, um, well, I haven't said that, a couple of decisions he makes subsequently were perhaps a little bit questionable because it threw him. But clearly he's a manager who's looking at a squad of players and saying, fine, he's my best player mm. and he's the best player in the world, but he's on his way to hospital. What do you mm. want me to do? Well, he said, I'm not going to pick him. Zagallo said, he said, right, we're not starting with the rat. Edmundo's going in there. So they prepared for that. Um, Ronaldo left uh, to go to the hospital and, and, and then they went. The Brazilian team left the hotel to go to the stadium. Ronaldo's at the hospital. He may not even get to the stadium later. So they're off they go and Zagallo said, normally when they go to games, they're playing music and they're having a lovely time. It, heaps, kept, he, uh, it helps keep them relaxed and, and, and in good spirits and whatnot. He said there was no music. It was a very solemn atmosphere. So already the confidence is, is kind of gone there. It's yeah. on, certainly on the wane. Not which great is, preparation, however the match goes. Well, certainly. <laughs> not then uh, of course um, we get, they get to the stadium the team sheet is handed in and then it's kind of like whoa what's happening and then another team sheet is handed in and Ronaldo's name is on there and you yeah. think well 
that's not a mistake. Nobody, the, the, the names aren't even similar. Do you know what mm. I mean? You, th- th- that's not a mistake that, that someone goes, oh, crap, yeah, I forgot he was going to start instead of Edward. I forgot the most famous footballer <laughs> in the world. <laughs> exactly. So, so, it's not, not like... Stuart Pearce picking 12 players, is it? So this was such big news in Brazil that they subsequently had like a, a legal or a civil hearing and they talked about the different things that could have gone on and how it happened and what they can learn from it and all the rest of it. And a lot has been made of this commercial deal that Nike signed with the CBF, the Brazilian Football Federation, across 10 years for you know, a, a sizable amount of money. And, I, and I'm tempted to say that these days it's probably not that much of a big deal, but it was quite ahead of its time mm-hmm. at the time. And one of the things it was focused on was it gave Nike the right to organise, I think, 50 friendlies across the 10 years in which um, each game, eight first-team regulars must play. Yes. Now... The conspiracy then expands out. So this is the most credible conspiracy, if you like, and I don't believe in it, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but this is the most credible one that's done the rounds. Now, the reason this doesn't ring true for me is because Nike are a sportswear company who know that players get injured. Mm. So they're not going to insist, because people would suggest that the the reason the team sheet was handed in again with Ronaldo on it is because someone from Nike, some shady guy in a Nike business suit, said, Ronaldo's got to play, you've got to play him. They do business suits. Yeah, well, apparently, yeah. Apparently, (laughs) yeah. Uh, And... um, and that doesn't ring true to me because, like I say, they, they must know that players get injured. To me, it's fairly obvious what's happened. And, and I'll give well, you the, my... By the way, two years after the final, a political inquiry was opened up on the whole Nike thing. Did they pick the team? And yeah. there was no wrongdoing found. Exactly. So we have to say that. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. To me, what's happened is, as I've just said earlier, Zagallo can't pick Ronaldo. He's on his way to the hospital. Ronaldo subsequently goes to the hospital, goes through the tests, passes them. No one really knows why he's had this convuls- convulsive fit. Clearly... It's the biggest game of his career at that point. He's going to want to play. Mm. He comes back in time and says to Zagallo, I'm playing, I'm fine. He goes from the hospital to the stadium, by yeah. the way. Yeah. It was so, mad, isn't it? So, World Cup fine. So Zagallo's obviously not going to say... Travels, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's usually <laughs> the other way. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to say, oh, you're the world's best player, you, you're not playing. He's going to say, you've passed the test, fine, you're telling me you feel fine, mm. you can mm. play. But it's well, so close to kickoff. That's That's actually Ronaldo's <sighs> side of the story, isn't yeah. it? Apparently a lot of the players themselves were a little unnerved, thinking we just saw him you know, effectively yeah. swallowing his own tongue and mm. frothing at the mouth. Should he be playing? So that obviously unnerved the camp. But what I find really interesting about this is the story around this game and this incident is that we don't know what the story is yet Ronaldo's given his side of the story yeah. this is on public record we we are we, we supposedly do know what what's happened but it was such a mystery that even with an explanation that mystery endures mm. yeah absolutely right incredible you're, really. you're right Jim and I think that but are you not personally satisfied with the story that as it stands then is that what you're saying I, well you I mean you have to be but you, you can as satisfied as as one can be without having witnessed the whole thing well, firsthand. It, I mean, it, adds it, up. It, it, it does massively add up. And Ronaldo had, had a crappy game because he'd spent... He had a seizure. He's had a seizure and he spent all afternoon in the hospital. It's hardly yeah. the most ideal preparation for a football Well, match, exactly, yeah. It, well, it, sh- it knocked all their confidence, you know. It, as and said, he was bedding down Ronaldinho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Leonardo said the way Zagala would organise the team that afternoon <laughs> was with Edmundo in mind. And he said, including how to defend set pieces and mm. corners and so on. Now, he was quick to say that that's not why they lost lost the game and it wasn't like Ronaldo was marking Zidane and so on but it does cause an element of disarray there's absolutely no two ways about that it was awful preparation the game was effectively lost before a ball had even kicked I'm not saying it didn't uh, it massively affected the team and the final and that's not to take anything away from France who were a good team and were at home and you know we're probably a better chance to win it all things being equal than anyone thought Mm -hmm. um 
but it's, it's, it will be while I personally don't have any issue with the the explanation given, I think it adds up. To, to suggest that it wouldn't affect how the team played is, is nonsense because it obviously did. And we've seen, you know, and, and you've got to be careful as an Englishman criticising Brazil's approach to mm-hmm. football, of course. Well, they didn't even but, have a warm-up before the final. But if you look at, quite, and if you look at how it affected them, which it clearly did, and you look at how it affected them in 2014 with Neymar being injured and how badly they dealt with that, you do sort of almost come to a conclusion where they, they might care a bit too much about this. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to them that they're almost paralysed and unable to make the right decision because it matters too much to them. And, and another piece of evidence I'll give towards that uh, accusation is the fact that Zagallo lets Ronaldo play 90 minutes mm, yeah. and, and later says, despite the fact he's walking around like a zombie, he says I, he wanted to take him off, but he knew the outcry back in Brazil would be too great. Um, and so he couldn't, he couldn't contemplate doing it. And to me, given the performance he, he puts in, I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. My, my instant reaction reading that, and I know it's easy from the sidelines, but my recent, my, my instant action was, I think they'd be happy, a bit more happy if they won the World Cup. Yeah, but this and, is, uh, I, I, I just think the best cost of action possibly would have just been a substitution appearance. A substitute appearance. I agree. I know, yeah, 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 know yeah. he would have got pilly, but there's a story behind yeah, it. He was frothing the mouth. He went to hospital. That's not but a fit is... player for me. So, but if, if anyone's going to be an impact sub, you may as well have the greatest footballer well, and give him, you know, 20 minutes. The game might have been lost by then. You never know. But you're giving yourself the best I chance, think you really. Go, I think you go the other way. I think you start him and then you sub him off after half-time or at half-time. And mm. if people say anything, you say, well, did you see him play? But yeah. I think, what do you want me to do? But well, this all actually yeah. feeds into what Jim was touching on earlier about being slightly unsatisfied by it all because why was this kept a secret for so mm. long? Or why was it all... Would you not, after the game say, well, the problem was the preparations were all to pot and, you know, he had a seizure and all the rest of it. He wanted to I think that t- ties in with the thing you were talking about at the start, though, the power of um, the player the and the brand. Mm. Yeah. And the brand that, you know, is kind of like indestructible at football or stuff. I think that's what comes into yeah. it after the, after you the don't, effect. You don't even have to say seizure, though. If, you don't, if, you, if you're worried about getting into the, into, the, into the weeds about trying to explain, because obviously there are many yeah, different types of seizures. And mm. all that. You, know, you just say, he's, look, unfortunately, he's got an injury. You've seen how he's played in the first half. Yeah. Um, I've had to I, I I had to sub him off. But this is it. Like, and I, I, I agree completely with Pete. You've picked Edmundo. That's your, that's your man. That's how everyone's, uh, you know, setting up shop. You've, that's how you've organised. Ronaldo comes in last minute and says, "I'm oh, sorry, can I play? Well, sorry, you'll be on the bench. Yeah. So there's a strong chance you can come on. And had they have done that, I just, I don't think they would necessarily won or anything or played particularly better, but they would have been a little bit more... Would you, prepared. And, and for a footballer, you trust um, players around you, don't you? And you trust when you give someone the ball, they're going to do something with it. Yeah. Um, if you see like Ronaldo walking around like a zombie, that's going to affect you. Well, he yeah. was our he was our plan A, B, and C. What yeah. the hell are we going to do yeah, now? Yeah. If he goes off, you're like, well, oh, crazy. But if he comes on, you, at least you can look to the bench and see. Um, you know, Ronaldo is sitting there going, well, at least we can bring him bring him on and do it. And he might be able to do something. I think that's a more hopeful situation Absolutely. for football. It feels like a decision that was made by the heart rather than the head. Oh, yeah. Um, mm, just like, much. okay, we've got to make a quick decision now that he's, he's declaring himself available. You know, screw it. Just let, let, let's, yeah. let's throw him in Definite there. Definite fear coming uh, in there, isn't it? The performance itself from him was so strange, wasn't it? He didn't look like he was injured. It was an almost like ghostly performance. Yeah, absolutely. He, he did almost score, to be fair. Yeah, he did. He, he, he hit chance. the ball at Bartes, though, yeah. didn't he? Who catches how, it. That's yeah. how good he is, though. Yeah. He nearly scored even despite all that. Well, fortunately, though, we saw Ronaldo lift the World Cup four years later and, and win the golden boot at uh, the 2002 World Cup. Even then, he wasn't quite the same player because of injuries. He's still probably the best player in the world. Scored eight. In that World <laughs> <Yeah>. Cup. <laughs> scored against everyone apart from England. There two, we are. Two in the final. But that's, yeah. the, but that's <laughs> the thing, Jim. You're absolutely right. It shows how good he was and yet... Perhaps we'll never have known 
just how good he yeah. could have been. Do you know what I mean? There, mm. And there is a there's, there's a positive end to this story because if you watch the interview you've already mentioned with Gary Lineker, he talks about the day of the final in 2002, which Brazil obviously go on to win and he scores a couple in the final. He said he couldn't stop thinking about what had happened four years ago when he woke up um, and, he, and he didn't go to sleep with all the other players in the afternoon because he was too scared. Um, so he asked Dida, the goalkeeper, to stay up with him, who stayed up with him all afternoon to make sure it wouldn't happen, wow. <laughs> which makes you feel like really yep. really sorry for it for him because it's obviously affected him psychologically. Yeah. But mm. based on things he said in, since then and, and the thing, the events that transpired, it, it looks like he's been able to put that to bed now. And, mm. and it's, it's, it's a nice luxury being a Brazil player, isn't it? Because, you know, <laughs> four years' time, you've got a brilliant chance. <laughs> You'll yeah. have another go. Well, he was back in the Brazil side at the 2006 World Cup and they, they didn't... Uh, I think they've they been knocked out in the quarterfinals by France. But he scored his 15th World Cup goal at that tournament, which made him the highest scorer of World Cup goals in history. Miroslav Kloser overtook him, getting his 16th. Uh, Kloser scored 16, of course. Enemy um, football. Indeed. But Ronaldo, he did it in five fewer games. So, oh, you know, yeah. a better scoring ratio. You've got to hold on to, to certain <laughs> things. How many clubs yeah. goal, club goals you got? Closer. That's right. Hey. Uh, indeed. I but, mean, really, when we're talking, and I've got nothing against Miroslav Kloser, but when we're talking about comparing those two forwards, <laughs> Miroslav Kloser is very much a pub quiz answer there. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Thierry Henry said this about Ronaldo. He said, Ronaldo did things nobody had seen before. He, together with Romario and George Weah, reinvented the centre-forward position. They were the first to drop from the penalty box to pick up the ball in midfield, switch to the flanks, attract and disorientate um, the, the, the central defenders with their runs, their accelerations, their dribbling. An absolutely incredible footballer who will be remembered for the rest of time. Mm. and it's a testament to how good his career is and has been and how good a player he was is that this event we're talking about here his performance in the 1998 final is not the event that defines him as a player mm-hmm. and given that it was a World Cup final that tells you everything you need to know about how good he was that's mm. right although he didn't score against Scotland <laughs> <laughs> and no. another legendary advert featuring Ronaldo when he takes around all the players and scores and they used one of his most famous goals his most iconic goals for a club side for Barcelona oh against, yeah uh, against Compostela against Compostela mm-hmm. just, and he leads the defenders into Compostela yeah we, we, <laughs> we, yeah, we watched that didn't we on a ramble years ago we, we worked out I think there were seven fouls yeah. <laughs> and he still scored absolutely marvellous so there we are ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening to this Football Ramble World Cup special in association with History our five World Cup specials are brought to you by History who in celebration of the World Cup are broadcasting 24-7 football documentaries for two weeks starting on Monday 28th of May you can watch History on Sky Virgin BT or Talk Talk and don't forget you can catch up with FIFA Films Presents France 1998 on History on Tuesday the 5th of June at 7pm Marvellous stuff. Don't miss it. Absolutely was, right. Was the French uh, mascot a cockerel? Yes. Yes. Good. Lovely. Vava voom, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the World Cup, he was like yeah. a dancing cockerel, wasn't he? Yeah. I, 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 I don't remember, but yeah. Jim seems... Oh, no, I do remember. Red, red and yeah, blue. Yeah, 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 I do remember. Yeah. Of course he was. There we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much to all the chaps here and to you for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 